2: It's time to get inside the Giants Huddle. Let's go,
3: let's go, let's go. On giants.com.
2: I like it, I like it, I like it. And the it. Giants Mobile app.
4: Give me some juice.
0: Part of
2: the Giants Podcast Network. Let's
0: roll. Welcome to our Friday episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast. John Schmuck with you. It's all brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. Our usual Friday fair Bob Popple will talk to the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable. Lance Meadow will talk to Jeff Duncan. He writes for the Times Picayune down there in New Orleans. Covers the New Orleans Saints. He'll give us the lowdown on everything happening with the Giants' opponent this week. But first, we're going to lead off with my interview with Giants rookie cornerback Deontay Banks. And of this week's Giants spotlight is Giants rookie cornerback Deontay
3: Banks. Hey, good to see you, man. How are good you? Sir, How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Well, I guess let's start with this. I like to ask the rookies
3: this later in the year, right? Do you still feel like a rookie? Nah, nah I'm already. You feel me? I feel out there now. I feel like I'm. I, don't, I really feel like a vet. I ain't gonna lie, but I'm out there. Why do you feel like a vet? Because um, I'm, try- I'm out there trying to make plays. I'm starting to feel it more. I'm starting to just notice everything more. It's starting to just slow down for me. I don't like the rookie wall deal, but right. in a regular college season, you're already on
0: winter break. Like, you're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> so, like, how, how does the body feel, like, mentally? How have you kind of handled having a much longer year? Um, Body feel cool. It's all right.
3: Like, starting to get there because we're in, what, we, I think it's week 15, I believe we're here. Yeah, you're getting there. So we're in there, so that's cool mentally I'm there always i just want i just always want to go out there and win so when wink talked to the
0: media earlier this week he talked about how he was very proud of you for all the tackles he got and he kind of challenged you during the week
3: yeah he to, to
0: make those tackles talk yeah. about that conversation and, and and just how that whole thing came about
3: i mean just said like you need to go out there and show them film that you they going that, that you need to tackle so i mean that you want to, that you that you can't tackle i'm sorry so I went out there and tried to put on film I to tackle because last week uh, Patriots, I think it was, was it, was it the Patriots? The, I think it was the Patriots. Yeah, it was Patriots, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played them. And they was doing a lot of right nows too also. They was giving us a lot of right now passes, and I had to go make tackles. But there wasn't as many. But And on film, the Packers showed that they did the same thing, but they didn't really come out there and do that. But I still came out there and had, what, 12 total tackles, nine solo. So it was a, cool, it was a good game for me. Now, you are a guy
0: in college that put that on tape. So I'm sure, I'm
3: sure as someone that likes to be
0: physical, I'm yeah. sure when the D.C. says that to you, like, well, wait, hold on, people don't think I want to tackle, huh yeah, All yeah. right. I'm going to show you, right? For sure.
3: Easy. <laughs> Easy.
0: You talk about feeling like a vet. Where do you think you've made the most improvements this year as a player?
3: Um, mental. Just all mentally. Like, just knowing what's coming, seeing it first, like, my down at distance, being aware, everything, really.
0: How much of that is the film work you do on these teams before going into the games, and mm-hmm. how much is it – instinctually understanding based on formation, spacing, what a, how a wide receiver is trying to attack you?
3: Um, it's really both cause I, my coach Coach my does a great job of like just telling me what's coming, telling me what, what to expect, what to, what to think right here, the split, stuff, stuff like that. And do you sense that's still getting better? Is there still more room yes, for you to course, go there? Yes, of course, always. It's always room for improvement for me, honestly. And uh, by far, it's only my rookie year, so of course I just want to keep getting better every week.
0: Has anything caught you by surprise at all? I know, sure, you had expectations of what the NFL was going to be like has, has anything been different than what you thought it would be?
3: Um, no, not really different. I just really like it. Like this NFL, like NFL is so fun to me. It's real fun. It, it make it make me want to be here for a long time. Like it's real fun. I enjoy it. It seems like you really in, enjoy
0: getting matched up against the other team's best yeah. wide receiver. You I love you, that. You went through, like, a three- or four-game stretch. You had yeah. Terry McLaurin, like, yeah. Devontae Adams, all those I guys. Like yeah. And watching you play, because after you caused for- forcing completions, uh-huh. I could see you're all pumped up, you're talking. Yeah. Talk about why that gets you so excited and kind of how you approach those matchups.
3: Um, really, it's just me, like, going out there playing and just having fun, because, like, me kind of talking and just, like, me having fun, really. I just want to compete, and I want to make the person I'm going against the receiver, I want to make him compete well too. So, let's just both compete and right there, and let's see who's gonna win. Do you like to travel with yeah. one guy? I like to travel. I love to travel. Why? Um, just cause like, i I like fight. If I can take the number one out of the game, then we basically playing like ten or nine. We basically playing but ten or nine. So, I fight. Like it it kind of like helps our defense out. I don't want to use the word easy because none of
0: this is easy. Yeah, no, but. No. Do you like sticking with the one guy because then you kind of figure out what he's trying to do and his tendencies throughout the game? Or is it easier to play one side and then kind
3: of figure out what guys are trying to do on that side of the field? You know what I'm saying? Now, I like to really just travel. I really would like to travel. I also like playing left or right. Like It's cool. But I've done both, so it don't really matter which one I can do. I can do both, so it's whatever, really. Now, the fun thing about
0: traveling, you also have to play inside then sometimes yeah. too, right, when the guys go into the yeah. slot. What has that experience been trying to – figure out, I know it's still corner, but it's kind yeah. of a different position. Yeah, it
3: is a different position. It's really, um, it's, to be honest, it's, more, it's harder because it's, it's more space inside. Two-way you go, right? Two-way go, yeah. It's more space, so you really got to be on tier, like on your keys and get, get in and out of your breaks. I know you like playing man, but the team has thrown some more zone in there over yeah. the past few
0: weeks, right? Yeah. So what has that been? And I know you did that earlier in your college career. Yeah. You played a little bit more zone. What has yeah. it been like kind of mixing some of that stuff back in?
3: Um, I actually have two picks in the zone right now. Both of my interceptions came in zone coverage. So, I feel like, I am not great on zone.
0: No, I, I agree. And I, my follow-up was going to be, does playing zone and the fact you can keep your eyes on the quarterback a little bit more yeah. and your back's not to the quarterback, yeah. does that allow you to create some more takeaways? Yes,
3: for sure. I actually dropped one this past week, and I'm sick about it. I'm still sick about it because I actually seen it, and I just I kind of, like, misjudged it, but then I just dropped it. I could have had three on a year. Have the guys in the room been giving you a hard time about that this week? Uh, Not really. Cause like first, it was a tough but, catch. Yeah, it was tough. But like but, um, going to, going into week seven, that was my when I got my first one. They was like, "Bro, you need a pick. Like you need to get on the board." So, so I was like, "I needed to go get one." I got one, and I got another one. So I've been just trying to keep getting them, man. Keep trying to get the offense back on the field.
0: And that's why I wanted to ask about the zone defense because I know that's how you have gotten your picks this year. Yeah. I believe you're a man on the deep. Pass deflection this past yeah, week right Yeah. So take me through that play Obviously I'm sure you don't want to let the guy get a couple yards separation on right. you But then here actually, comes the closing speed Talk to me No there. I
3: actually like I was really like I seen it the whole way I'm like I'm on top I'm basically even But then like I kind of pushed him Because like You know you can trip over somebody's feet So I like pushed him a little bit That's how it, I created separation See it's funny I thought he pushed off of you No I kind of like pushed into him okay. Because like If you if you like really trail somebody behind him You might can trip and fall and, you feel me? and if I trip and fall, then that's a touchdown. So I'm trying to, like, make sure my legs don't get caught up on his, and then I just react to the ball. Uh, do you think you've made improvements getting your
0: head back around to locate the ball in the air as the season's mm-hmm. gone along? Yeah,
3: for sure, definitely. Definitely got better with that.
0: How do you know when the ball's in the air? Are you looking at the wide receiver's face? or are you looking at his hands? How do you know when the ball's actually in it, the air look, so you know when to
3: turn? You look at the receiver, really. You look at his eyes. Like, sometimes eyes get big, or if he, if he look, I look. So if he turn, I turn.
0: All right, let's talk about the team defense, right? Let's do it. Why have why is the defense, at least in my opinion, I think you guys have taken it to another level the last few weeks? Mm-hmm. What have you guys been doing better as a
3: unit that's allowed you to play at a higher level? My feelings, we, we've been communicating, communicating better. Everything. I feel like we just got like we got a family. It's a family over there on the defensive side, and everybody just play hard. We play for each other every week, and snap every snap. So we're just gonna keep trying to get better. And we talked about it with the zone defense, but you've also had a lot of
0: forced turnovers with strips and fumbles. Yeah. So what is it about the way the team's been playing together that's allowed you to get twelve to 14 takeaways, part of me, in the last four games, 12 in the last three?
3: Yeah. Um, really, it's been trying to – we emphasize, like, bro, we need to get turnovers because we want offense to get out there and get more chances on, on trying to score because we need to win. Absolutely. Let's talk about the matchup real quick, and, and then we'll say goodbye. I do it. I
0: looked it up. Never faced Chris Olave in college,
3: right? Yeah, I played him, but like, I ain't really played him. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was my freshman year. We wasn't as good as we, before we got to. And they were, what, number two team in the country? They had Chase Young, all them, the Oh, guys. yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, JK, the, all them, them boys. So, now that you've looked at him on tape,
0: you are going to play him this week, right? Yeah. I'm sure you're going to be on him a lot. Yeah. What do you see from him? What makes him a
3: tough cover? Uh, real quick. Like a real quick guy, a real shifty guy. He know how to track the ball down the field real well, like real well. You know how to go get it. When you look at a guy and you see
0: that he's a good route runner, yeah. what do you see on tape that kind of indicates to you this guy really knows how to run routes and create that separation? you timbo in
3: his routes, in and out of breaks, stuff like that.
0: So basically not slowing down when you're changing direction? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Final, final question. Um, this team's rolling now. How has kind of – or maybe it hasn't. The tenor and attitude in the locker room kind of shifted – as you guys have kind of hit this three-game winning streak?
3: Um, to be honest, I, I feel like our I, attitude, I, I like my really never, like, changed for real. Because we always knew, like, we was capable of winning. We just was two, one or two plays short sometimes. Like, Jets game, we were a couple plays short. Bills game, a couple plays short. Literally a couple plays short, short, yeah. It's just like we just got to finish our plays, and now we've been starting to finish, and we're starting to, get, you we're starting to win. Finally, how would you guys hold it together? Because I think a lot of teams, you lose all those games. You know, you're sitting there. You've had a couple blowouts. Some teams would start pulling apart. How did you guys stay together? Well, I really feel like it's a team effort, but also I go to like our leaders and like just be everybody being like real calm and like, bro, we can let's go win, let's go win. Everybody not we not out there moping around. Like even though we was two and eight, I was, we was two and eight. But everybody not moping around. We, trying to, we still are trying to go get a win. That's all we trying to do is get a win. But I feel like we said by clearing all this out, like everything everything will be fixed by just going to go win. So we've been trying to win. And you win by taking it one play at a time and just doing your job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good next stuff, man. Menta-
0: I, next I, play mentality. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Always. Good luck today. Appreciate you, man. Thank guy. you.
1: You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings?
0: The Giants Hotel Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants from game day to every day. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. Great stuff from Tay Banks right there. And you can tell he's grown as a player and uh, figuring things out. Uh, all the town in the world, as he continues to play, he's continued to get better and hopefully at some point turn into a shut-down cornerback. All right, let's turn our attention to the opponent. Jeff Duncan covers the Saints. Lance Meadows spoke to him. The Giants and Saints
5: meet in New Orleans for the second time in three seasons Sunday. Big Blue won the last matchup in Week 4 2021, 27-21 in overtime thanks to Saquon Barkley's walk-off touchdown this time around comes much later in the season with postseason implications on the line as the Saints still battling for their division title. The Giants trying to keep Slim Hopes alive for a wild card spot. And to help break down the Saints, we're now joined by a man who covers the team and serves as a sports columnist for the Times-Picayune, NOLA.com, as well as an analyst for WVUE, Fox 8 TV, and the Big Easy, none other than Jeff Duncan. Jeff, you got Lance Meadow here on Giants.com. Greatly appreciate the time. Hope all as well as everything on your end.
2: Everything's great, Lance. You know, we're entering the final month of the season, so we're kind of in the stretch run here. And Roger Goodell's got to be happy. The league office got to be happy because that seems like every team in the league is still alive now uh, going into the last week of the season.
5: Absolutely. Parity defines the National Football League, and it is front and center here in the NFC. So let's start with the Saints from a big picture perspective, Jeff. They brought in Derek Carr this offseason. I think the goal was that would hopefully stabilize the quarterback situation. You look at the offensive numbers, they haven't necessarily jumped off the page. I know Derek Carr is still battling multiple injuries, but how would you best assess the state of the Saints offense right now as we're pretty much leaning into the season?
2: Yeah, I'd say it's been very disappointing, Lance. Uh, the, the team's been kind of riddled with inconsistency. Uh, the overall numbers don't look terrible on paper, but it's really the the key situations that we all know in football, right? Third down, red zone. Uh, the Saints have been near the bottom of the league in those two areas. Uh, and a lot of that's been, you know, their passing attack has just has not been able to click. I think a lot of people thought this would be a seamless transition, because Carr, the offense he ran with the Raiders was, was basically the same offense the Saints have run for years here in the Sean Payton-Drew Brees era. Uh, he, he, the offense was John Gruden that brought him in to you know kind of uh, orchestrate uh, the trans- transition during training camp, and it just hasn't worked out. For whatever reason, uh, they just have not been synchronized. There's a lot of pressure right now on offense coordinator Pete Carmichael, who's had a lot of success here over the years uh, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees and fans have uh, really, really turned this into kind of the old pre Sean Payton, Drew Brees days uh, where I, I covered the team back in the day with Jim Haslett and Aaron Brooks. Uh, it's a lot of boo out in the dome. And I expect there's going to be a lot of Giants fans down here for this game. Cause I think there'll be a lot of tickets available for them if they want to travel.
5: Speaking of the environment, it's interesting, Jeff, because you were going back into the archives since Drew Brees retired going back to 2021. Saints are just 10 and 13 at home. And I know from previous years when the Giants would go out to the Big Easy, it would be one of the toughest places to play. And I'm not saying that it's relatively easy, but it just doesn't seem like it carries the same aura as we've seen maybe during Drew Brees' reign. How fair of a synopsis do you think that is? And why has perhaps home field advantage not appeared to be as big of an advantage in recent history?
2: Yeah, totally fair assessment and totally true. Uh, you know, the, the record speaks for itself. Uh, the Saints just haven't played well at home for whatever reason. And, and you know, in past years, Lance, I would talk to opposing coaches, opposing players, and they would tell you, you can turn this into an advantage for the opponent if you can get ahead early because the fans are so passionate here, they're so into it, that they can turn on the team when when the team's struggling like the Saints have been lately. And you can turn that into almost a home field disadvantage for the Saints. We saw that in the Lions game a couple of weeks ago. People were booing. Fans were booing Derek Carr every time he stepped on the field, every time his image was shown on the big screen. Uh, So it's turned into kind of a negative uh, situation. I think there's also a little bit of human nature here at play. Complacency sometimes when you play at home. You tend to let down. You think you're going to play better at home. And the Saints just have not been able, especially offensively, to put it together uh, here in the Superdome. And I've seen it here where it's definitely a 12th man. Uh, The opponent can't even hear themselves call plays. They have to go to, uh, you know, hand signals to call plays. It hasn't been that way this season.
5: Alvin Kamara was suspended for the first three games of the season due to off the field issues. And he leads the team in scrimmage yards and scrimmage touchdowns. And they have Chris Olave. I know Michael Thomas is on IR right now. They brought back Jimmy Graham. Taysom Hill. It's not as if Jeff on paper, this team is lacking weapons. I guess what I'm getting at is if Kamara missed three games and still leads the team in both of those categories, what does it say about the production from the personnel around Derek Carr this season?
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. They they thought Derek Carr would come in and just be able to kind of manage the games and, and not have to carry the team the way say Drew Brees did back in in his days and it hasn't turned out that way. The running game has never really materialized. The The only really consistent aspect of the offense that they've had, Lance, is, is Taysom Hill package and Taysom Hill when he comes into the game. He's been kind of the MVP. Uh, Kamara's numbers are, are off the charts again. That's because of usage. They're having to use him so much and lean on him. They're trying to lessen that load. And he's still a terrific player, but I don't think he's the same Alvin Kamara we saw 2017 18 when he came into the league i think the miles have added up on him i think his longest carry this year is 17 yards they still don't have really an explosive run and that's been a big a big disappointment because it's put a lot more pressure on that passing attack and it just hasn't worked out they have has been so inconsistent and you mentioned no no Rashid Shaheed for a few weeks uh, mike thomas has been sidelined so it's even more inconsistent and less dangerous i think without those weapons.
5: He is their deep threat. Taysom Hill, as you mentioned, Mr. Versatility, and he had a very productive game against the Giants back in 2021, when it seemed like he was playing bumper cars with big blue in route to getting into the end zone. As we're recording this here on Thursday, both of those two players I mentioned are on the injury report and both of them missed the last game against Carolina. So Jeff, how would you best assess their status for this upcoming game in terms of them being back out there for Derek Carr and company?
2: Well, I think Taysom Hill is definitely going to play. I I, I think he would have played last week if they needed him to, but I think they looked frankly at at Carolina and felt like this is a week we can rest and get him ready for the stretch run. Right. Uh, Rashid Shahid had a little bit of a setback in his, in his quad injury. I think he's much more questionable, uh, but, but he has made progress. So I think he's going to probably end up going down to the wire. With him. And he adds a huge, a huge playmaking threat for this offense. I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the league. Uh, he really contributes almost all of the explosive plays in this offense. Uh, so he's a big loss. When they don't have him, you can see the offense really bogs down, becomes very much a move the chains type of possession type of attack. Uh, when he's there, they they've got the home run ball.
5: Interestingly, though, Jeff, even when he's been on the field though, I'm curious because I mentioned off the top. Carr has been banged up this season, not an excuse, just the reality of the circumstance. And how many games has he not been able to finish where somebody else has had to come in, whether it be a head injury, rib injury, shoulder injury, how much has that limited his ability to employ the deep ball within this offense and give this offense a little bit additional explosion?
2: Well, it's had to be a contributing factor. We've noticed the three, his three worst games of the season, Lance, have all come in games after he left the previous game with an injury. So I think, you know, that's not coincidental, right? Now he did, he was able to uh, connect on a 44 yard play last week in the fourth quarter, kind of opened things up with AT Perry, who's a young rookie from Wake Forest, who's coming on right now. uh, A a guy that I think will have a brighter days ahead in in this offense, but he's a rookie and we all know rookies, uh, you know, there's a lot thrown at them young in their early in their career. So, I just think it's a work in progress. I mean, Carolina's kind of playing out the string here, and the Saints had 39 passing yards with nine minutes left in the game. I mean, that's not good enough. The standard here that the fans have seen from the Drew Brees, Sean Payton days, uh, you know, they, they, they recognize that. They recognize it's not good enough right now. Uh, and, and also the context of who your opponent is certainly factors into, I think, the anxiety level of the fan base.
5: They only had 207 total yards in that entire game that you just referenced. And they also got a special teams block that returned for a score. So I think that's important to note. It wasn't just the offense. But what I have noticed, Jeff, last two games, seven of eight in the red zone. And I would think that's pretty encouraging in terms of their ability to at least finish drives or capitalize when they're inside the opponent's 20. Any positives to take away from that? Or what do you think the product of that latest production is well
2: they worked extra hard on that they actually implemented a lot of red zone extra red zone work into their weekly practice schedule usually as you know the way the nfl works uh, red zones almost always on friday late in the week Uh, the saints started incorporating red zone drills uh, on wednesday and i think that extra work's paid off and i also think they're implementing some new personnel i mean jimmy graham we wondered why they signed him when they did. I mean, he's 36 years old. He's the oldest player on the roster, and he was a healthy scratch for weeks. Fans, of course, he's a very popular player locally. He's been incorporated more into the red zone packages, and he's still 6'7". He can still kind of uh, <laughs> use that big frame to make plays in the end zone. We saw that last week. I think if you're the Giants, I'm sure Wink Martindale, they're going to have uh, you know a lot of eyes on Jimmy Graham, especially in the red zone because that's become a go-to guy for Derek Carr.
5: We're talking with Jeff Duncan. He covers the team, serves as a sports columnist for the Times Picayune, NOLA.com as we're previewing Giants Saints coming up here in week 15 in New Orleans. I want to flip the script to a little drama that seemed to come out of the last game, Jeff. And you know, the media always loves to read into sideline interactions and so forth. We've right. been dealing with it here in New York. You no, know, Eric McCoy, the center of the team, got into a little bit of a rift with Derek Carr. And I believe Dennis Allen was asked about it at a few pressers this week. Is that just a sign of frustration boiling for this team? Is there bad blood that has been carrying over to performance? What do you make of that at all at this stage of the season, at least?
2: Yeah, clearly frustration uh, being, being like uh, displayed there from Eric McCoy. You have to know Eric McCoy, Lance. I mean, he's a team captain, very mild mannered guy. I've never seen him act like that, especially toward a teammate. Uh, so it was very unusual. And if this were just an isolated incident, then I think everyone could explain it away as to the emotions of a competitive football game, but it's happened multiple times with Derek Carr this season. We saw it earlier in the year with Chris Alave on the field. And it's just so jarring to see, especially in the wake of watching Drew Brees operate here for a decade and a half, where he was, he his body language was uh, in such, com- he was always in such command and never really – he always had a poker face. He never showed whether they were behind 21 points or ahead 21. He never changed expressions. So to see this, I think for the fans, it's also created a lot of anxiety. I don't think there's a bad blood. I do think there's a little bit of a disconnect. The way I've characterized it is I I think it's not as big as maybe the media and the fan base is making it out to be, but I think it's bigger than what the players and coaches are trying uh, to downplay it. I, I think there's something there. Because we, We've seen it happen multiple times, and it, it should never happen. Your opponent sees that. They immediately uh, you know, see that there's sort of some kind of dissension or miscommunication going on. It feeds into, the, I think, their confidence.
5: Especially since the relationship between the quarterback and the center is so key, as you can attest to with respect to every team in the National Football League. I want to go to the defensive side of the ball. I think there are two statistics that jump off the page and for not very good reasons. Number one, Jeff, is the run defense. They've given up over 200 rushing yards in two of their last three games to the Falcons and the Panthers, even though, as we talk about, they cruised past Carolina in their last game. And the sack numbers, for some reason, huge disparity. 48 last season, top five 23 this season. They're tied with the Giants right near the bottom five of the league. What do you make of specifically those two statistical trends?
2: Well, they're both huge factors, as you know, in playing good defense in this league. And and that was a major concern for me watching this team going into this season. Uh, The the sack numbers were a little, uh, I think, misleading last year because if you looked at the, the advanced analytics on the team, pressure rate, uh, you know, hurries, all those other numbers, the Saints were down near the bottom of the league. For some reason, they had a lot of sacks, but they were uh, in just day-to-day pressure in, in the games. They were not showing up. And they're a little long in the tooth up there. I mean, th- they lost some guys in free agency. David Onyemata, Caden Ellis in the front seven, went to Atlanta. And then, you know, Cam Jordan has really seen his production drop off as he's gotten late in his career Demario Davis, also late in his career, you know, as the main linebacker. So I think some of these things have all played a factor there. And their pass rush, they've had to lately send more blitzes. They used to just get home with four, and that has not worked. So we've seen Dennis Allen adjust. And the last few games, we've seen them sending their linebackers and even their defensive backs more after the quarterback to try and generate pressure. And I expect that will be the case this week with Tommy DeVito.
5: Yeah, I'm glad you went there, Jeff, because the Giants actually did not give up a sack in their last game on Monday night, which was a bit of a pleasant surprise given quarterbacks of the Giants, all three that have played this season, have been sacked 69 times. So I think you somewhat answered my question in terms of Dennis Allen's approach this season. But if you're the Giants' offensive line, who then is the guy to watch out for up front? Is it Carl Granderson? Is it somebody else, especially with, as you mentioned, Cam Jordan's getting up there in age. He only has two sacks. Who should the Giants pinpoint that could perhaps wreck the game up front?
2: Uh, it's definitely Carl Granderson. He's been the only consistent pass rush threat. Now, they have started using a, a linebacker, Zach Bond, who was a really good pass rusher at Wisconsin in college. That was kind of his calling card coming to the NFL, the Saints have, kind of made him transition to an off-ball linebacker, and he's kind of going back to his college days playing defensive end as an edge rusher because of the ankle injury to Cam Jordan, and it's worked a little bit. We've seen him get a little more – you know, he's a little more athletic off the edge than Cam at at this stage of his career. And, again, they're sending – that's one thing Dennis Allen will do. He'll get exotic. Uh, They do a lot of different looks. They're going to challenge DeVito and the Giants' offensive line – to make the proper protection calls pre-snap they like to you know look like they're coming and then drop back into coverage you won't know really who's coming who's going that that was a key play for them last week against the Panthers when the the Panthers had first and goal at the one and Carl Granderson dropped into a zone blitz right into the line uh, of of vision for uh, Bryce Young and he wasn't able to find a receiver because of that so that that'll be a challenge for DeVito but if they can hold up with their protection calls, uh, they should be able to to have time. It's just a matter of the strength of the Saints defense is their pass coverage. They're excellent in the secondary. I think they lead the league and and passes defense. They play very physical, sticky coverage. They get away with a lot. I think a lot of this game will come down to how does the officiating crew call it? If they allow the Saints to get physical and reroute uh, the, the Giants on the perimeter, uh, it could be a long day for the giants offense. If they start calling it and force the saints to back off, it'll be a little bit easier for them.
5: I guess both teams will be studying up on the officiating crew and their tendencies before this game to yeah. your point. And the secondary Jeff, as you pinpoint, it has been outstanding. And I think it's impressive considering we were just talking about, they haven't been getting home with an overwhelming amount of sacks. And you look at the injured reserve list, they've got Marshawn Lattimore, one of their best corners. They've got Marcus May, another great defensive back who are sidelined. Yet, despite that, I know Paul said and the Honey Badger are having great seasons, but what does it say about the depth, Jeff, of that unit that the production hasn't fallen off even though they're not 100% healthy on the back end of this defense?
2: Yeah, it's really been the strength of Dennis Allen his entire time he's been here all the way back to his defensive coordinator days. That's what he was. He was a safety at Texas A&M. It's kind of his bailiwick is defensive uh, secondary coverage, and they've been excellent. I mean, they ride a, a defensive uh, backs. They, they ride the receivers into the routes. They're right on them. I mean, they lead the league in defensive pass interference, too. They're up there in defensive holding. I mean, it's, it's a strategic, uh, you know, mission for them to grab and hold and to force the quarterback to make that tough decision, Lance, do I throw it? That that DB's right there in man man coverage, press coverage. Do I throw the ball, even though uh, he's man to man, and they make it difficult. They tr- they try to disrupt the timing, and they do a very good job of it. I mean, Bryce Young was overwhelmed last week, uh, and now Carolina is very limited in the perimeter core. Uh, but it's been the calling card for this defense. And look, they'll give up a, a few penalties. They'll give up a few big plays, but they're not going to change the way they their style of plays. It's been successful for them for a number of years.
5: What specifically has jumped out to you, though, Jeff, about Debo's play? Four interceptions. He's got two forced fumbles, 14 passes defense. You mentioned they're up there in the NFL. Not to say that he hasn't been good. His rookie year was very impressive. Maybe the numbers didn't jump off the page last season, but is there something in particular that has helped elevate his game this season?
2: Well, I think a couple of things. He's obviously playing with more confidence, which happens with more more reps, more playing time you get. But also, look, he, teams have been going at him because they don't go at Marshawn Lattimore. They they choose to go and challenge Debo, and he's risen to the occasion. And I would say this. I have I have to say this. Uh, you know, it's only fair to say. I mean, but the Saints have really been fortunate in their schedule this year. I mean, they've, they have not played very many elite quarterbacks. I mean, the schedule has played out in their favor. I mean, maybe the best quarterback they've played all year is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they've avoided the Patrick Mahomes the Joe Burrows. Uh, so they've, and they played a lot of backups, like a lot of teams in the league. I mean, they'll get another one this week and in, in DeVito. So it it really has been a fortunate kind of uh, coincidence that they have played a lot of young rookie quarterbacks and, and, and this is a veteran defense. And they've been able to kind of, I think, confuse these guys and Debo has gone taking that step Lance from, you know, maybe just knocking down the ball now to making the play on the ball and I think that's come from from just sheer confidence.
5: You got me thinking, Jeff. It's interesting because if you would have told me that we'd have two years in a row where the NFC South would all be hovering around five hundred, <laughs> I would have told you you're crazy. Because normally, as you know from covering this team and this division for so long, when Carolina went seven, eight, and one several years back and won the division. The next year, everything was back to normalcy. So I guess what I'm saying is, and you brought up a great point about the context of the caliber of the opponent, which I think is important when you look at record and stats. But how surprised are you that maybe we all thought it was going to be the Saints, but that no one in particular has been able to capitalize or separate themselves from this division overall this season?
2: Yeah, no. Look, I I think everyone else in the division's kind of played like I thought. Although I thought Carolina would be much better, that that's been a, a really big disappointment. I I saw them play last year and take some steps. I thought Bryce Young would they would take it to the next level. But if you look at the big picture, Lance, we we've seen a lot of kind of legacy quarterbacks retire in this division. Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, sure. Tom Brady for the short period of time he was there. They moved on from Jameis Winston. He's now in New Orleans. So it it happens in this league. The cycle, right? Uh, that the, these organizations are going through Bryce Young starting a new cycle in Carolina, and they're going to obviously have to go to a new uh, coaching staff next year. So uh, the the turmoil is taking its toll, I think, on the key key players in in the league, the quarterback and the head coach. We've seen a lot of turnover uh, in the in the division the last few years. Uh, and look, I think this this week's game is interesting because the Saints and Giants. I would say are two of the more disappointing teams in the league. I, I think expectations were much higher, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, in New York with after making the playoffs a year ago and the way the Stark uh, you know, materialized for this team. And the Saints, I think, definitely thought they were going to win this division, dominate the division, and and be back in the playoff hunt. It just hasn't played out uh, because of some of the factors we've talked about with Derek Carr in the offense.
5: No, I think that's a very fair synopsis, though, with the parity of this league. Here we are, where everybody is still mathematically alive and keeping their head above water. Before I let you go, Jeff, I want to bring special teams into the conversation. Both teams actually are on new kickers. I know Blake Groupie started the season for the Saints, but the Giants had an injury to Graham Gano and Groupie a rookie, but he has missed seven field goals. And if my facts are right, missed a 29 yarder in the last game, they moved on from Will Lutz. They reunited him with Sean Payton, trading him to Denver. What have you made of Groupie's performance? And if this game is tight, how confident is this team right now that he could step up in crunch time and deliver?
2: Well, the decision to keep him was somewhat surprising and certainly was controversial because Will Lutz, had made a lot of big kicks here. Uh, I think there was some finances that played into that. Well, let's be in a veteran. You can go to the rookie and groupie and groupie kicked very well in preseason. And he's kicked for the most part pretty well during this year, but he's missed two short field goals. I think, I think the league, the entire league Lance has only missed four field goals under 29 yards. And two of those are by Blake groupie. So certainly those are disturbing. You, You have to make those gimmies, especially when you play the way the saints play a lot of close games, defensive-minded head coach. Uh, You rely on those special teams. Uh, I think there's got to be a little bit of a crisis of confidence with him Now, Dennis Allen said the last miss uh, against the Panthers was really due to a whole operation. The snap was bad. The hold was bad. Uh, But they've got to get that down. Obviously, when you play the way the Saints play, uh, you're going to play a lot of close games. In many ways, this team reminds me of the old Jim Morris Saints with Uh, Morton Anderson you relied on the defense the dome patrol and the field goal kicker to win games so he's got to step up I like groupie he's got the demeanor you need he's very even keeled I don't think he he misses a kick I don't think it carries over to the next kick Uh, but certainly uh, you know that last one that he missed last game was I mean it was a wiffle ball I think it was not close (laughs) to going through and I think everyone in the dome was like oh here we go again another you know another kicking carousel here in New Orleans
5: And it's amazing, to your point, the evolution of the Saints. We've looked at New Orleans all these years, lighting up the scoreboard. Now it's more of maybe a defensive, Mm -hmm. special teams-minded team. But hey, whatever gets the job done in the NFL, that's all that matters. There are no brownie points like in college football. (laughs) He is Jeff Duncan, covers the Saints, sports columnist for the Times-Picayune, NOLA.com, as well as an analyst. You can see him on WVUE Fox 8 TV in the Big Easy. Well, Jeff, greatly appreciate the time and the inside. Always great to catch it up with you and enjoy the game this Sunday as the Giants and the Saints go head-to-head.
2: Thanks, Lance. I'd love to see another shootout between like Eli and Drew Brees like we saw a few years ago here in the Dome, but I don't think we're going to get that one this week, so let's hope it's just a close one and both teams are in it down to the stretch.
5: Yeah. I'd be very surprised if we get 13 total touchdowns, but Jeff, (laughs) Hey, it's the NFL. You never know. And all of a sudden that game was decided by the way, for people who want to recollect by a field goal off a special teams penalty, by the way, which I don't think a lot of people remember. Jeff always a blast. Thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Lance. Thank you, buddy.
1: You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings?
0: Giant fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named a 2022 best bank in the U.S. by who else? The banker. As the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle, Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at CitizensBank.com. Great stuff from Jeff Duncan there with Lance. We thank them a lot for a deep look at the Saints. Now for some Giants talk. The voice of the Giants, Bob Papa, with the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable.
6: The Giants take on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. As always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York football Giants, Brian Dable. And, Coach, obviously your team came off that emotional win on Monday night. Um, gave them a little time off on Tuesday. How was sort of the focus coming back to work on Wednesday and throughout the week?
4: Yeah, consistent, um, you know, short week. So a lot to do for the coaches, for the players. But uh, been a consistent approach. All year, um, you've got to make sure we, we're doing the things that we need to do to give ourselves the best chance.
6: Coach, Um, obviously, you know, there's a little jolt of life here, right? You've, got, you've won three in a row, and I, I, I talk about this all the time. If you walk through the building, especially on game day, if it's a home game and even the messaging for a road game is one and oh, Um, The players just staying focused on this game and this game only you got to be proud of the way your team has sort of adopted that mindset and, and kind of stayed the course.
4: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs uh, during the season. Um, the downs are no fun, uh, and you have to manage the ups. Um, you have to manage the downs as well. So, you know, all we can control is, is how we prepare, um, how we practice, you know, our chemistry, uh, the things that, that are important that are going to give you a chance um, each week, and that's what we try to do.
6: Coach, when you take a look at this football game today uh, against the Saints, this is a team that uh, plays really good pass defense. Their numbers in all the important categories are off the, off the charts. Um, 16, 16 touchdown passes allowed, 14 interceptions, quarterback completion percentage, and all that other stuff. Um, so obviously the run game is always important for your football team, but what makes their defense such a challenge, especially when it comes to the pass game?
4: Well, their front and their coverage are tied together. They play a lot of tight man-to-man coverage. Um, the windows are, are small. Um, their, their DBs are, are very sticky on, on the receivers and um, on the tight ends, on the backs. Um, they, get a, they do a good job of getting rushed and throwing off the, the quarterback and the timing of the quarterback, so everything is tied together. Uh, you know, D.A., Dennis Allen, does a, a great job, um, and his players uh, really do a great job in the system and are, are talented guys.
6: And Coach, Jen, I, I want to talk about DeMario Davis for just a second. There's certain guys like the London Fletchers of the world that seem timeless. They, they play at a high level with a high football IQ and they play a very physical and demanding position, yet they still play it at a high level. When you when you look at him on tape, what makes him a difference maker?
4: Well, he's got a, a very good talent. He's physical and he's very instinctive. So he's, uh, he's a playmaker for him and he's been that way for, for a while since he's played. So Um, We're going to have to know where he's at, but he is a a physical, instinctive linebacker and one of the better ones in the league.
6: When you look at them offensively, Coach, um, you know, over the years, a trip to New Orleans meant usually like an arena football league game with, you know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton dialing up all this stuff and up and down you went. They're really playing to a different profile this year, aren't they, as far as how they play the game uh, with what they have. And obviously they got a talented back in Kamara who's a threat not only in the run game but the passing game. But do you sense that they play more grind-out kind of games?
4: I think it depends. Uh, Pete Carmichael obviously was there a long time with with Coach Payton and um, got a lot of respect for Pete and how he goes about his business. And they they have some playmakers that have a lot of great speed. Sha'id, 22, is uh, not just a good returner, but he's a dynamic receiver, can – can really threaten you deep. Olave is was one of the better young receivers, and you know, turning into one of the better receivers in this league. Uh, very good route runner, savvy, can play multiple spots, excellent hands. And then Kamara is a, you know, he's an issue wherever he's at, um, whether that's coming out of the backfield, uh, handing him the ball, getting to the edge, making plays in space. Um, we're gonna have to do a really good job against those three guys. And you know, Derek's a, a longtime veteran um, who's played at a high level in this league for a long time, and. Um, you know, I think that they have a, you know, they have a good football team um, and it's going to be a, a, certainly a big challenge.
6: Final question, coach. Um, I know you prepare for crowd noise. That's just part of the weekly NFL process, but going into this building, it's an older stadium. It's a lot of concrete. uh, It's smaller footprint than a lot of the big new stadiums. Is it different with the noise issue in that stadium than maybe other places? Yeah. I
4: mean, it's a great environment. Um, and those fans down there, they they get loud, and it is it is loud. So, you know, we've we've tried to prepare ourselves the best we can. Um, you know, we're gonna have to do a good job with our communication, particularly when we're on offense, but also on, on the defensive side and in the kicking game. Um, you know, we're gonna have to play well, and you know, manage manage the noise when the, there's noise there.
6: Coach, we appreciate a couple of minutes. Best of luck this afternoon.
0: Thanks, Pop. Appreciate you. Great stuff from Bob and Coach Dable. Excellent stuff from Lance and Jeff. And then we thank Deontay Banks as well. Fun interview with the Giants rookie starting cornerback, talking about his progress this year and how well the Giants defense is playing. Thank you for being with us on this episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. Giants and Saints, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time, everybody.